Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I'm so proud of the church just sitting there, listening, you know, watching all the different ministries and lives impacted. Um, I, I saw a, um, a, a video, a short video, a couple of mu- uh, minutes, of a man who was living way on the other side of the tracks of, of his best life. And at the end of it, he said something which is about what I want to speak about this morning. And what I want to speak about this morning is not about personally about our ministries, because I think you've seen what we do. But I want to uh, take this one phrase out of the scriptures that talks about one another. And and the Apostle Paul uh, makes this very clear that when we come into the context of church, there's a a one another scenario, and it's all built on relationship. And so it's it's probably... um, it's, it's, well, it's very challenging for some people because if you want to live separate from a community and you come into the life of the church and you say, look, I want to know about God, but look at all these people, I don't, mm, yeah. Um, but you know, with God's help, you can actually love anyone. It's, it's a powerful thing. You know, like, uh, you know you, even the bum in the street somehow... You're repulsed by the way they look, but when you get closer to them and you let Jesus befriend them through you, you just want to love them. And it's a powerful thing. And you would even want to love the person sitting next to you. So just check this um, testimony out of a man getting radically saved and pick up the key phrase that happens for him at the end of it. What happens for him in saying, God, I want to give you glory and I want to serve you in any way I can. I thought this was powerful. Let's just check this out. My name is John Joseph. From an early age, I was totally immersed in sin. And as I grew older, the nature and degree of my sin became more grievous. As I transitioned into college and early adulthood, the roots of sin that had taken hold in the past began to flourish and define my life in every possible way. Giving myself completely to sin, I eventually became an alcoholic a drug user, and a cocaine dealer. I dishonored my parents. I was a liar. I used everyone and everything for personal gain and was full of lust, greed, and hate. But God, in his mercy, removed me from my surroundings and brought me to Baltimore, Maryland. In late 2008, while at Blockbuster, I came across Bill Maher's mockumentary entitled Religious. After watching the documentary, I was annoyed at Maher's obvious bias and his portrayal of religion. And so I got on Google and searched for a debate on Christianity. What I found was Robbie Zacharias, and over the course of the next year, Robbie would completely dismantle everything I believed in. As I continued to search for more teaching on the web, God in his mercy would eventually lead me to Desiring God Ministries. On January 5th of 2010, I sat down to listen to a message on John 3.16. And prior to beginning the sermon, Mr. Piper prayed that somebody would be brought from the darkness and into the light. Being faithful and true, our Father answered. 
Not five minutes into the message as I sat devastated by the reality of my sin and the impending judgment that awaited, I knew that I deserved hell. I knew that I was going to hell. I was, however, then overwhelmed by the knowledge that my sins had been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And our Father's kindness and mercy did not stop at salvation as he has continued giving in ways beyond what I could ever imagine. He eventually led me to a good church where through sound teaching and fellowship, he has caused me to grow and has changed my heart to want to serve him every area of my life for the rest of my life and for the glory of his name. Had you seen me three years ago, you would have likely thought I was unreachable. There's, like, seriously, there's no, no reason for me to be standing here. I still can't believe that I'm standing here outside of God's power, but I stand here by grace as a testament to the power of the gospel. There is not a soul in this world that is too lost or too dead or too far from God's reach. You need to tell everyone this gospel. Do not underestimate the power of this gospel. <laughs> Let's all just stand for a moment if you could and we'll just pray. Father, thank you for bringing us from uh, darkness, from bringing us from being lost. And um, Lord Jesus, we just pray right now as we stand here in your presence that you would enlighten us to why we are your church and why you said you would build your church. And Father, right now, um, I'm praying, Lord, for the sake of your church to, Lord, to join with each other, to help each other, to pray for each other. So Father, right now, I just pray for a revolution in our heart. That, Lord God, that we would become one, a body, a body of Christ, walking out your plans and purposes. We are your hands. We are your feet. We are your voice, Lord God. We are your smile to a lost and broken world, Lord God. Let us join together with vision, Lord God, with vision that you've given us. Paul said, I see vision. Lord, we have seen vision of a world changed, of Australia set ablaze for the glory of God, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. We've seen the church coming alive. And in fact, I was only on Instagram this morning and I was seeing Hillsong united in the Hollywood Bowl. In the Hollywood Bowl, thousands upon thousands of people gathered around the name of Jesus. And the church is alive and well, my friend. The church is on the rise. We need to get with the church and, and involve ourselves engage ourselves in the mission, in the vision. And this is how the church has been growing worldwide, through this phenomena of the church being one, one and other. I just wonder if we have that other just picture that I had, which I thought was powerful, and it, it symbolically, but it really helps us understand what the church is about. And it's about helping each other up, helping each other up to our best life. They'll put it up in a moment. But Father, right now in Jesus' name, we pray for your word. That man said, send me to a church where the word's being preached. And he says at the end, and Lord, now I want to give you glory. And I want to serve you. I want to serve you. If we never get to that place of wanting to serve Lord, to serve the Lord, in, I love this, I love this, building up one another. That phrase, one another, I'm going to make a point of that. I'm going to show you the scriptures where the one another is used in the negative, but the one another can be used in the positive. 
and I'll show you that. But I thought this was powerful. This is exactly what church is about, helping each other up. And you know what? I put that up on Instagram. I've got so many hits, just something, even the unsaved are going, yeah, that's, that, that's powerful. That's what I need in my life. That's what I want to do in my life. I want to help someone up. It's powerful. So Father, right now, I just pray the Holy Spirit, and I just feel the Holy Spirit here right now, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can take a seat. Love God, love others last week, and uh, Luke, that was a powerful message. It's on podcast. It's on the C3 Facebook, and it's awesome. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And if, and if you'd be doing that, the next greatest commandment is the love your neighbor. We've got to love people. But loving God will help you love people. I thought that was powerful. It's 101 Christianity. When Julian and I started to go to church uh, in mid-80s, 85, early 85, I think it was, we came into the life of the church and we went, wow, we didn't think church was like this. And one of the things that we were being taught a lot was a lot of these uh, Pentecostal distinctives, um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking in tongues, the last days, I still remember the black and white Super 8, uh, vi- not video, but projected image of watching the last, uh, Tim LaHaye, I think it was, the late great planet Earth. Who's seen that, that old classic of the 70s? It's talking about the rapture and, uh, uh, man, I took my unsaved friend there, nearly scared him into heaven, I think. <laughs> and uh, we were being taught these Pentecostal distinctives, and, and then we were being taught the nine gifts of the Spirit. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we, we were taught that you could have some power gifts, power ministry gifts. So we had a lot of people in the 80s, in the early, even in the 90s, vying for the power ministries, the nine gifts of the Spirit. There was a little bit of an unbalance there, I, I, I think, and I want to talk about that. Praise God. Let's check it out. Um, let's check out the Scripture in... Okay. Let me just say this, that there are nine gifts, nine power gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But the thing that happened, I believe, in the 90s through churches like C3 and Hillsong was that there came a balance. And the balance was this, that there are nine fruits of the Spirit, meaning when you got saved you were given divine, the divine nature of God. And the nine fruits are what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, self-control. And these things weren't quite expanded on and lived out. So you had a church that was a little bit dysfunctional in the sense that it wasn't really loving on it, on each other. And it really wasn't showing the hospitality of the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. And so you got guys like Brian Houston Hillsong and Pastor Phil Pringle, and they said, you should smile. That could be even better than speaking in tongues. We had people speaking in tongues, but they were grouchy and they were miserable and, and they were prophesying over the people and, and they, they were ugly. Okay, oh God, and people were, you know, and, and, and Brian and Phil seen a lot of that in 
the old school Pentecostal stuff. And they said, no, hang on, we need to balance it up. We need to present ourselves firstly and foremost through the love of God. Before we speak in tongues, before we try and prophesy or get a word of knowledge, let's try and just stand there and just be friendly and be kind and be patient and nice. And so that's exactly the phenomena that happened to the church. The church pulled the pendulum back and said, okay, look, there are power ministry gifts. Let's check those out because I think they're worth mentioning. Let's go to, um, I need to scoot through this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because I know there's some new Christians here and you're not quite sure knowing what I mean. But it says here, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to one the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to other gifts, to other gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as His will, as He wills. And so if you break those down, uh, I think the PowerPoint will show us, you've got one, the word of knowledge, which I've seen powerfully being used, amazingly being used. Two, the word of wisdom. Three, the gift of prophecy. These are the power ministry gifts that can, that can manifest in a believer. As you develop the character of God, I, I, believe it's in, I, I believe it's more responsible to develop the fruits of the Spirit first. Then as you're abiding in God, in the depth of God, and you are in God, discipled by God, in the church, engaged in the house, in the local church, then you can believe and stir yourself up for these power ministry gifts, which again, gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, the works of miracles, the discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Now, these gifts are powerful for search, uh, search help and rescue uh, exploits, People can be saved by these gifts. They're powerful. They can, they can be used by the life of the church. And God can stir it up in any one of us at any given time to use those gifts to be powerfully used for search, help, and rescue. And even, in fact, it does say, and I believe that's where the church is coming back, because we've been doing so much hospitality as a church and we've been so sensible as a church, there's even now, this year, the Hillsong Conference is called Revival. Revive us again, Lord. We need your power. We need your Holy Spirit. We need the, the nine gifts of the Spirit again to flourish in our midst. Amen? And so that's actually coming back now into play. But it is right that where the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, you haven't got this, Tim, but therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, do not quench the Spirit, do not... This. So we're not talking about, you know, despising these things and putting these things uh, out to pasture, but we're saying, look, let's get first things first, and first things first is that we love one another, that we love one another. And unfortunately, Julie... 
and myself went through a bunch of church in the 80s and the 90s where the church literally turned in on itself. And Paul constantly makes this um, comparison of the one and other. He, he talks about when you come into the life of the church, he says, relationally, you can do one or the two. You can love each other or you can criticize each other. You can help each other or you can ignore each other. And I want to just show you how this happens in Scripture, in Galatians. The Apostle Paul speaks about this. Praise God. Uh, Ephesians 4.16 does say, God's plan is that the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. I, I love that. And you know what? Unless we do this, unless we really believe in vision builders, is joining together to help each other do this vision, we're not going to quite be able to reach our full capacity. We need to all pull together. We're not here just to sit on our rusty-dusty and enjoy the teachings of the Word of God and, and just to abide in His sweet presence. The mission of the church, and this is why Jesus said, and I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, meaning those gates that are stopping those good families coming into the life of the church, all those sick people that need to be healed, all those people living in poverty in, in third world countries, the church is trying to reach them. We are trying desperately to get him to the high schools. Jason Smith, you are doing a brilliant job. And he's working sometimes against the systems, even against the powers of the enemy, trying to get the good gospel into that school and into our community and into the third world nations. This is not easy stuff, but as we join together one another stuff, as we pull together, we can do this in Jesus' name. We built this church, didn't we? We took the land, we built a house, a facility to house the goodness of God and to facilitate His ministry, to raise up leaders, and it's powerful. We can do this if we do it together. Now, Galatians talks about the works of the flesh, and Paul talks about, and we've unfortunately seen this, and when I thought about this, I'm thinking, how amazing how far the church has come along, that I don't see much of this anymore in the life of the church. And I'm thinking straight off my mind, I'm thinking Joyce Meyer and people like that, who have dispelled the, the what is it, the deception of the enemy that was in the life of the church, how the, and in the sense of how the church was attacking itself, turning in on itself. And I think wonderful ministries like Joyce Meyer, who taught about how to rule, you know, how to be careful of the tongue, there's power and life in the tongue and how to love each other, how to do the practical stuff, which I think Joyce Meyer does powerfully, and which I think Pastor Phil Pringle and Brian Houston do powerfully, the practical stuff of church. But Paul says, the works of the flesh, and he talks about in plural pronouns, when he talks about the works of the flesh, and he says it breaks out like this, and quickly, I've got to be as quick as I can, uh, I should have quoted Galatians 5.19, but I won't, and um, you can find those. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and it goes into 
all the types of flesh natures they are, but if we could have the PowerPoint that talks about the one another's here. So I'm talking about this scripture. When you're in the life of the church, it's one another. And he says, Paul, he talks about, he says it can happen one way or it can happen the other. It can happen in the flesh or it can happen in the spirit. That's what he's saying. Now, if it's in the flesh, the works of the flesh, lusting for one another. Is that up there? Yeah. Uh, Judging one another, depriving one another, biting one another, devouring one another, destroying one another, provoking one another, envying one another, lying to one another, hating one another, slandering one another, grumbling against one another. And there's scriptures there for all those. But then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, and I think the church is very healthy, and I think we've got a lot of this happening. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And he talks about what happens when you walk in the Spirit and produce fruit of the Spirit. And it goes like this, member of one another, being devoted to one another honoring one another, being of the same mind toward one another, loving one another, edifying one another, accepting one another, instructing one another, greeting one another. Greeting is powerful. Just to greet someone with a smile, that's your best ministry. Man, if we could just get that in the life of this church, just greeting. Hey, not, who's that person? They're in our church today. Who do they think they are? We check these people out. Man, someone's in our church, a visitor. I just saw them at the start of the service. You know what? I'm going to go up to them at the end. I'm going to say hi. I'm going to show a smile. I'm going to see if if there's something, for some reason they're in the house. Maybe, Maybe this person's in our church, in around my life, so that, Lord, you can speak through me to them. And if there's no speaking, maybe I can smile at them. Because a smile is powerful. Went to C3 Tugra. Why'd you go there for? I don't know, but someone smiled at me. I haven't had someone smile at me for so long. Wow. A smile is powerful. A greeting of a smile is powerful. So we're talking about just practical ministry in the life of the church. Um, Waiting for one another waiting on one another, caring for one another, yeah, serving one another, caring one another's, carrying one another's burdens, bearing with one another, submitting to one another, esteeming one another, encouraging one another, confessing sins one to another. We did that at the men's, real men um, connect group. We talked about the power of you know, the tongue, there's life or death. And I talked about, are we using our words for encouragement, edifying? And then at the end of that, we came, into each, uh, we came to each other and we, we uh, asked for forgiveness from each other. It was powerful. Esteeming one another, encouraging one another, confessing sins to one another, praying for one another, offering hospitality to one another, which many of you do so well, fellowshipping with one another, one John one seven. So you can see when the fruits of the Spirit are operating, there's one-mindedness, there's, there's purpose, we're, we're together, we hear heaven together, we hear heaven, we say, you know what, we need to, we need to do this vision, 
we need to buy that ambulance. How much is that ambulance, by the way? 5,000. Because people thought it was about 40, 50, 100,000. It's 5,000 to buy an ambulance. 5,000. Well, that's easily achievable amongst us. Uh, in Corinthians, he talks about, and it's a sad day, about the church that was, you know, attacking itself. And, uh, and of course, he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 3, are you not acting like mere men? So what's our personal responsibility for being in the church towards the vision, being the church, one another? What is it? It's very clear in Scripture. All believers must live by the Spirit. Galatians 5.25. Say, live by the Spirit. Come on. Got to practice that. Got to practice it. You got to practice living by the Spirit. And then, of course, that will stop you um, just sitting neutral or even maybe even attacking each other. It's not, not real good. Um, so how do we do it? We're empowered by the Spirit. Jesus said... Uh, John 15 10 he says it like this if you obey my commands you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my father's command remain in his love he's given us a key here 1 John 5 3 says this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome all of us can do this if we abide in the spirit and just as Pastor Luke said last week, love God. When you start to worship God, you start to be able to reach out. One of the things that when you stop worshiping God, loving God, is you get selfish. You get introverted. I know. I can be an introvert. I can be sort of passive even. But when I'm energized by God and His love, I come out. I almost become like the life of the party. It's ridiculous. I go from one end of the spectrum to the other. I go from an introvert, but when God's in me and there's people around me, I go into engagement mode. I've got to engage people and love people and smile at people, just like Gail. <laughs> it's awesome. It can be done in the love of God. Jesus is right. So how do we do it? It's by the supernatural power of God. John 13, 34 says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And Jesus makes this quite evident in his last prayer, John 17, 20. He says this great uh, prayer, the last priestly prayer before he goes up before he's uh, crucified. My prayer is not for them alone as individuals. I pray also for those who will believe in me through this message, that all of them may be one. All of us may be one. I pray that they all be one. Imagine Jesus standing in front of you before he's going to be crucified. And he says, I pray, just don't for you. I pray not just for you individually, but I pray for you, all of you, that you may be one that you'd love one another, that you'd help each other up. And it can be done through Christ, through the power of God. It says here, how? By the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 3.16. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, that's a pronoun, that's you, and I pray that you, there it is again, that's you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints and grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. This is the amazing thing about being a born-again believer, being part of the life of Christ. You can actually love Africa. You can love the high school students, you can love the marketplace. You can love when you get this stuff on inside of you that you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is this love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. What's the fullness of God? It's the nine fruits of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the goodness, the kindness, the long suffering. It's those. When you're filled with the Spirit, you start to bear fruit. Just try that. Just pray, Lord God, help me, fill me, bless me. Just lift your hands out, arms out like this and just check out the fruit. Whoa! Whoa! This is working. Lord Jesus, you're awesome. Wow, Father God, thank you for my salvation. Oh, my church, my people, my God, my nation, my people. Oh God, help me, my family, my life. <gasps> Mangoes, bananas, oh, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. I mean, you get around like, who's that fruit tea guy on the, just like one of those Italian fruit shop owners, man, you're just rotund and jolly, lots of fruit. You run a whole fruit store. You're part of a fruit store, C3 Tugra. Now to him is able to do, Ephesians 3.20 able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. I'm loving the generations. I'm loving my grandkids. I love this life. Loving each other, ministering to each other, helping each other up, one another. Father God, I just pray for C3 Tugra that we would be a church loving one another, helping each other up, running with the vision together to reach the lost and the hurting. Help us, Lord, be the body of Christ. Let us be your feet, your hands, your eyes. Help us, Lord God, to engage the harvest as a body, not just as an individual. Lord, help me live in the Spirit. Paul said, I have a remedy. I have a remedy for your life to, to bear fruit and to live as the church. And he says this in Galatians. He says, walk in the Spirit. Abide in the Spirit. Father in heaven, let's all stand. God bless you. Thank you, Father in heaven. Lord, we want to abide in you. The Bible says there's a war in our life between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. But the Bible says that if we live in the Spirit, you won't do what you want to do. I love this because we had this interpretation of this scripture for many years that that 
pronounced a little bit of a negative at the end of that. And it's, it's, not, quite, it's not quite true. That in fact, if you live in the Spirit, that you will be able to do what God asks you to do. Okay, Galatians 5.17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other. Now, that's an ongoing, listen, guys, that's an ongoing lifestyle that you have now entered into. Your flesh and your spirit warring. That's going to continue till you go to be with Jesus. But I love this, where it says this, Galatians 5.17 says it, they are in conflict with each other. The people that live in the flesh are in conflict with the people that live in the spirit. But here is, here's the punchline. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want, meaning your spirit will prevail and your flesh won't be able to do what it wants. Did you get that? If you're walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, your flesh will not be able to do what it wants to do. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Your flesh wants to do this. It wants to party. It wants to live on the other side of the tracks. It wants to sin. It wants to be selfish and stingy. But you know what? The Bible says if you live in the Spirit and empowered by God, you won't do the things that your flesh wants to do. You will do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, what God wants you to do. And that is a most unusual life. So, Father, right now, we just say in your presence, dear God in heaven, empower us by your empowering presence to live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit to minister to each other, to the one and other, to pray for each other, to speak well of each other, to support each other, to bless each other, to carry each other's burdens, to honor each other, to encourage each other, to pull together the vision, to reach the hurting and the lost. Vision Builders is about a people that have heard from heaven and together they give together, they pray together, they worship together and they become this magnificent expression of life and hope in the local community. We are the local church. We are C3 Tugra. I bless this house to be a church of one another, to minister to each other, to smile at each other, to love each other, to support each other, to lift each other up into our best life. We are not selfish. We are not ignorant of the enemy's plans to cause ruin. We've seen it in years gone by, the church turn in on itself. But I believe we're living in the days of glory, the days of the church where it shall shine brightly to the world. And the world will say, that house, that church, that mountain, and every mountain will bow to the mountain of the Lord, the mountain of fame, the mountain of materialism, the mountain of, of idolatry. The Spirit is speaking to the house of God. 
It's time to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you. Well, even although darkness is covering the earth, the church is coming up roses and the church is smelling sweet and it's radiating the love of God. And I declare this morning in the house of the Lord, as Joshua said to his people, as they were walking into the promised land and there was some disunity, maybe some grumbling. And he stood out in front of the Israelites and he said, Make up your mind today. Choose today if you will serve the gods of your fathers, meaning the small g gods. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord God Almighty. We will serve the Lord and see His vision come to pass in C3 Tugra on the central coast in Australia and even unto the nations. And when Joshua said that, the people were gripped with fear. Because a leader had stood up. Pastor Phil Pringle, Brian Houston, leaders are standing up all over the world. Young people in this church, the Ollies of this world are standing up and saying, as for me and my life, as for me and my soul, my spirit and my body, they belong to Jesus. And we will serve the Lord God Almighty because this is the way of life. This is the only way. And young people are going to flock to their ministry. Thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are going to come to men and women that stand up in the day of these dark days. And they're going to say, I'm following the one who's got light on him, who's radiating the love of God, who's got a smile on his dial, and who's got hospitality in his heart, who's feeding the poor, who's reaching out to the lame, the broken, the poverty, the stricken. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join with them. They're doing something good. They're doing something hopeful. I'm joining with them. And that's exactly what the church is about. The church is a lifeline of great hope to our lost community. We're not here singing Kumbaya, waiting for Jesus to come back, as we did maybe in the years gone by. But we're a church radical, empowered by the fruits of the Spirit. And if you want to go better than that, you can have the nine gifts of the Spirit too. You can have your word and knowledge. You can be a discerning of the speaking of tongues. You can be a doer of miracles. You can have the gift of faith to build churches. And you can be anointed by God to reap a harvest in the days of your reckoning. You can be a loyal subject of Christ and a follower thereafter Him. For the reward of His suffering, we are the church and we will reap a harvest. And the Word of God that's been preached in this church and the Word of God that's been prayed in this church and all the finances that have been sowed into this church is for the kingdom of God. And that's our vision. Vision builders, we are the church. Arising and shining for the Lord Jesus. And I declare that from the very bottom of my heart. I declare it from my spirit. And there is a war against my flesh and no one is exempt. Not even the best leader, the best man of God on the planet is exempt from the tug of war of the flesh and the spirit. But the Bible says if we live in the spirit, my spirit will prevail and God's will will prevail in my life, in the house of God. And so I encourage you, I admonish you, 
live in the Spirit. You were born by the Spirit, Paul said. Why have you foregone the Holy Spirit? You were born by the Spirit. Why are you trying to follow the law now? Why are you trying to be a goody two-shoes? Why are you trying to be so sensible you've left out the power of God? Well, guess what, guys? You can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit inside me right now. Put your hand on your, on your heart, on your chest, on your stomach. Flow again. The Bible says in John that when Jesus had ascended and went to be with the Father, that we would flow the rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit, the ministry within us to love each other, that we would flow to a lost and broken world, the love of God. Holy Spirit, flow again. Now stir up the gifts within me, Lord God, the nine gifts of the Spirit. I believe we're coming into the days of God reviving His church in the power of God. And I'm saying, as one of the pioneers of this church, please, generations under me, don't forego the power of the Holy Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit. Don't disdain them. Don't disdain them. Admonish each other to encourage each other in the nine gifts. Because God the Father and God the Son will manifest Himself through you in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, oh God, miracles and works of faith that the world will stagger at and be saved by to the glory of God. Lord, humbly forgive us for leaving the nine gifts of the Spirit dormant. Holy Spirit, raise up the nine gifts in this church. But Lord, ultimately, the nine gifts is the cream on the cake. The cake is the nine fruits of the Spirit. Please, please, please live the nine fruits of the Spirit before you try and do the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I bless you, church. I love you, church. I bless you and I love you. You're awesome. C3 Tugra, we're doing it. We're vision building. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.